Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode with Bitch Breathe. But a guest that you may already know because I couldn't get enough of Kate Marlena, so I asked her back. She was in our last episode where we talked about dating and online dating in your 40s. And in case you wondered, it was not a depressing episode. <laughs> Kate was saying that at the beginning that this is not about how hard it is and just how much baggage, as we don't like to call it, we come along with, but that there's actually so much freedom in this time. So be sure to hop back to that episode if you're interested. Kate Marlena is a narrative therapist, something I wasn't familiar with with, but that I think is incredibly exciting. She's also a writer and Kate is a fellow podcaster on a podcast called About Face. I've listened into several episodes. I highly recommend it. It's a very personal account, a very personal way to tell stories and sort of weave those into the experience of how we then detach from those stories as uh, time goes by so that we don't have suffering and tons of stories we tell ourselves. So I really recommend listening into it. Um, because we had so much fun talking, we thought today we'd talk about breaking up in your 40s because we both figured there's a few little differences in that also as you approach that fourth decade of your life. God, that sounded very much with full lane with pathos. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me back. <laughs> it's great for me to have you back here again. So, Kate, you know how Cat Stevens famously sang, the first cut is the deepest. And for a long time, I thought that might be true because my first love was a complete shipwreck. <laughs> I had this. I had this too. Yeah. So what do you think? Is it the worst? Is is it maybe not actually true? And there's a more or more in-depth level to it as we get older. What What's your experience? Yeah. You know, I think that... Of course, these like early, you know, love pains we have. My, I was when you said that I was thinking of like my high school boyfriend, and of course there were uh, romantic pains that I had in my twenties. But um, I also was divorced, and then I was really shocked to discover that the worst uh, breakup pains I had were actually more recent, and they were surprising because you would think okay, a divorce is so hard and so painful. We had two kids together. But the kind of, like, I guess my experience is that the pain we're experiencing doesn't have much to do with the sort of practicalities necessarily of how long the relationship was or what experiences you shared. Like, I've had really painful breakups where we didn't have those things, right? There might have been other past traumas triggered. There might have been you know, you were talking about this, if you think of the metaphor of like a wound, you know, this first cut being the deepest, but yeah, if you keep cutting over that one, that's going to hurt more and more each time, right? So yeah, my experience has been that breakups uh, don't get easier, and they don't get lighter necessarily, as you get older, or as you have more of them. I think it's not something that you're just like, okay, you know, I can deal with this now. I don't feel that was my experience. So if we wanted to dive deeper into the why it might be a little more tricky in some ways, what do you think? Is it like logistics? Is it mindset? Is it an absence of courage maybe? Is it all of those combined? Why does it feel harder? I think, I mean, again, this is my personal experience and maybe yours too. I think, you know, every breakup is a new flavor of 
loss, a new potential to tell ourselves a story. One story I think that is really painful after many breakups is I'll never find love, you know, or, oh, I'm dealing with this again. Something must be wrong with me. Um, obviously yeah. I can't, I'm not lovable or whatever the story is that might get re-triggered and become more reinforced by another breakup. Right. Um, I think that's one that I've had to struggle with was this idea of, oh my God, I'm 41 and I still can't find love or whatever, like this story might come up. So I think that's the why. I think that is the why is that we re, we almost like calcify these older narratives and stories that are already painful for us. And sometimes like a new breakup is just like a fresh, you know, layer of concrete and going, okay, it's this again, right? I love what you say there, this whole idea of calcifying an experience, almost like we entomb it. And so every time we have something that seems similar, we look to this tomb and like, yeah, it's the same thing again, when really it isn't necessarily. It's painful, surely. But I always think as long as you feel like the spiral is going upward, like you're not just literally repeating the same thing, but you're actually developing, like maybe you find your way out of there faster, or maybe you've developed some emergency breakup kits, or you have those communities around you now that are really supportive. I think as long as you can acknowledge that that is what's going on, then maybe that's one of the parts that gets easier as you break up uh, at a later age, let's say. I hate that expression, a later age. There's no good way. Yeah, we're always at a later age, right? Exactly. Um, I think that's true. But what are some of the things that make it easier at our age, I wonder? Like for me, it would have to be I recognize some of my patterns in how I'm breaking up and I can more quickly catapult my way out of them if they're dysfunctional. Yes, I think absolutely. And also this realization that like with every relationship and with every breakup, there is a new lesson. There is this potentially fertile ground for self-discovery, new direction, transformation. Um, I this breakup that was really hard for me happened last summer. And I really wasn't expecting the pain. To be honest, I was not expecting to be as hard hit by it as I was. But it really catapulted me into a whole year of of self-discovery, of different healings that I had to do, new relationships with people who I met because of this breakup, um, romantic and otherwise. But um, if I look back on this year, I'm like, holy shit, I have learned so much. I'm such a stronger person because of this. I know so much more clearly what I want, what I won't do, what I won't put up with, what I'm not interested in. Um, And I think that's a positive way of looking at this. Not There's this story I could tell of, oh, poor me, like I went through that again. But it's like, actually, no, that was great. And now I have so much more um, intention going forward that I didn't have before that breakup. I agree. And I think it always helps to stay curious about what's about to unfold and to not project what I think I already know onto it. Cause sometimes I notice this small mindedness in my head where it's like, Oh, I've seen this already. I know this already. Not nah, know that too. <laughs> no, I already know what you're going to say. I've already, you know how many breakers I've had, dude, like, <laughs> Don't even. And it it gets really, how do I say? Well, the world becomes smaller 
yeah. when you start to think that way. The curiosity mustn't ever get reduced, I find, despite the fact that the pain can be, oy. It's true, though, like, lately I've used this line though it's like all right I've definitely met you before like I've dated you before but I think there's also a power in that where it's like I don't have the patience anymore for certain things and because of my breakups and my clarity around my own needs and what I value um, I just have a lot less tolerance for certain types of people and so I don't think there's anything wrong with going I'm just going to shut this down early. You know, I love that actually, because guys that I would have put up with 10 years ago, I won't give five minutes now. Right. And so maybe it's not a lack of curiosity, right? Maybe it's just an awareness and a confidence around your values and your needs. Right. And experience, I guess. Right. That's really where experience comes in. Yeah that you are able to, yeah, just recognize much more quickly, you know, I need to get out of here Mm -hmm. and before anything goes down. And I think that's really, really important. But you were mentioning men, and I have a bit of a curveball here for you. I often wonder, are men better with this stuff? Moving on? I think I I Googled this a couple of times. I think... No way. Yeah, yeah. I think I Googled like, why are breakups easier for men? I mean, there's research on it, right? That um, men actually do have an easier time with breakups and it has less to do with some resilience or ability to weather an emotional storm. It's just, I think, less of an emotional storm. You know, there's less vested. Um, I went on a date with someone recently who just went through a breakup and he said really passively, like, oh, I just wasn't that emotionally vested. I wasn't that upset. He was with this woman for five years and I thought, wow, like, I felt sorry for her that he could be so like dismissive. But then it's like, why do we have to make meaning out of our pain, right? Why do we have to say, oh, if you go through this pain and this person doesn't, that the relationship meant more to you than it meant to this other person, like we are making up meanings for our pain, right? So I guess what I'm saying is just because someone doesn't lay in their bed for a week eating ice cream or crying or expressing certain things certain ways, or even if they're able to move on to a new relationship sooner, does not mean that they didn't love the other person or that they didn't have some kind of pain or that it might not come up later. Like, we just don't know. And frankly, like, it's none of our business what other people are going through. Like, I think it's always important to bring it back to ourselves and go, okay, yes, I felt this way actually in my last breakup because he went, he moved on pretty quickly and found a new relationship. I was single for six months and I'm going, what's wrong with me that I, but actually I'm like, actually go ahead, have that distraction, whatever that is. Like I spent those six months being alone, working on myself and I feel that I'm stronger for it. So just because someone else appears to not suffer or seems to move on quickly. I'm putting quotations up, but it's like, it really doesn't mean anything. That's so interesting that this whole idea of, I guess it's comparative in a way that, or in a competition even, I've indeed had the experience that my ex then moved on a lot faster than I did. And I got so pissed off. It wasn't even jealousy at that point. You know, jealousy, I could have understood like, oh no, there's a new gal or whatever. But it was like, dude, 
How come I'm not moving on this fast? I don't want to sit in this pain. I don't want to tell myself stories or like what you say, invest meaning into my pain. Like, why can't I sever this attachment to the fact that the relationship is gone? Like, what are some of the things you do in terms of your also being a narrative um, therapist? What kind of stories come or how do we stop telling ourselves stories about this person moved on, I didn't, clearly meant nothing to them. Like, how do I get myself out of that cycle that can be jealousy infused, but also just competition? Like, mm -hmm. I want someone too, now. Well, I think all of this is just, it starts with awareness, right? A lot of times our stories are infectious, infectious in a painful way because we don't even know we're telling them. It's something that's circulating subconsciously. And The best thing to do is if you can write things down, if you can start hearing yourself or reading yourself, what are you telling yourself? What stories do you have about who you are that is coming out of this breakup? We all mm. might have different stories. I mentioned some of them, like I'm unlovable. I mean, people come up with really crazy ideas like, oh, I wasn't pretty enough or whatever, you know, whatever story you might have about why things ended, you weren't good enough in some ways. Now, all of these stories have nothing to do with the other person, they probably have nothing to do with the breakup in some way. But we harbor these stories from our childhood, from the media, from, you know, our cultural mm -hmm. systems and our past experience. And they are triggered when we experience a threat or some kind of loss, right? And so it's really just our brains trying to protect us, right? Oh, it's this thing again, you know? How can I prevent not just experiencing this pain, but how do I make sure this never happens again? So your brain's going to be telling you things to try to help you from experiencing this again, but we just have to be aware of it. So if you can start noticing the thoughts you're having, um, particularly like negative thinking about yourself, even about the relationship. The other thing that I think is really useful is to embrace the idea of two truths that someone else can have the same experience with you and walk away with it with a very different truth or story. You don't have to align. You don't have to agree on this is why things ended. You did this and I did this and here's why we're having a breakup. It's not necessary. You get to have your own truth. You get to have your own story. You get to adjust that story as you need to. It will change too. It might be in five years, you'll have a new story, right? Great. You get to decide what that story is. And you also don't have to bring anyone along with you. You don't have to convince your sister, your mother-in-law, you know, this person, like you don't have to convince anybody of your experience and your truth. And I think we get into trouble when we're afraid no one will believe us or we're afraid that our version of what happened is being threatened by someone else's truth. And this is where they move on quickly. You might think they didn't care, blah, blah, blah. But like, that doesn't have to be your story. And so I think people aren't always aware of the power of their own stories and also their power over their own stories. So it starts with this awareness. That's amazing. I love the idea that we need to become aware of our stories. I like the idea of these two truths, that they can indeed coexist and that I don't need you to buy mine. That's an amazing, that's a very empowering tool, actually, um, 
wonderful. I love it. I really do. So what do you think? I sometimes wonder, am I just taking myself also in this whole, you know, breakup thing? Am I taking myself too seriously or am I not taking myself seriously enough? I'm always oscillating between the two. Like, okay, how much do I need to invest in this heal it to feel it? And how much can I just be like, fuck this. We're done here. I don't want to be sad because I don't know how long I'm going to be on this planet. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I just, it's so hard because I think there's so much room for both, right? And for me, it just comes back to self-compassion and non-judgment for wherever you're at, right? If you're in a place of sadness and pain and loss and grieving, like, great, get in that, feel it. Where is it coming from? Where do you feel it in your body? How is that pain coming up in your experiences with others? Like, just getting really in touch with that pain, that will help you. That will actually get you to process and move forward. You might then go, I'm sick of this shit. I am tired. And that is, you know, for me, anger is a really powerful emotion because you might get to a point where you're angry at your ex or you're angry at the breakup. That's also a wonderful place to be because anger can also move you through something. That might be the point where you say, I'm never fucking doing this again. You know, I'm not letting someone treat me this way. I had some anger this year and it was so motivating for me. I, that's when I started uh, really getting on stage and burlesque dancing. I remember thinking, I am never letting someone make me feel small again. I am so sick of people undermining me, not seeing me, like making me feel like I'm not good enough, da, 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 da. But I love that anger because it really, uh, gave me this power, right? So I think wherever you're at is fine, but get in it, whatever that is, you know, you can really be in those emotions. And, and I don't mean wallow. There is, that's where stories are wallowing, right? Stories are wallowing. Emotions are not wallowing, like emotions are an experience. And so I think learning to distinguish that, if that makes sense, are you sitting on your couch going like, telling some story or are you just feeling it in your body? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you said about anger being sort of a vehicle in many ways. For me, it was uh, laughter. Mm -hmm. I had been on stage several weeks ago now, and I was supposed to tell my story about a little narcissistic relationship or five that I'd had. Those aren't little, but yeah. <laughs> and it ended up becoming a bit of a stand-up comedy because I just I just was like sort of cranking them out one joke after another. And I thought, oh, what a relief. Mm. What a relief that this doesn't have to be angry. Angry has its place, like you said. But then also to be able to realize, I didn't say it at the end of that speech because I didn't want it to be made too harmless either. But at the end, I thought of one particular narcissistic relationship I had had. And I thought, dude, you seriously fucked me over. But that was one hell of a ride sometimes. And I really felt that way. It was like, you know what? We had a lot of fun too. It wasn't an abusive, again, there's a spectrum of narcissism, of course, right? Yeah. And it wasn't physically abusive. It was emotionally abusive, but also mutual in some ways. But I just thought laughter was a really great way to not take myself too seriously while at the same time processing what had happened mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think too, like having a lightness, not just about the other person and your experiences, because sometimes there's a lot of darkness in that, right? But having a lightness about yourself and your ability to rise up and 
having, I think that laughter to me is indicative of resilience and saying, of course I've had pain, right? Of course I've gone through this and still, you know, I am joyful and I am free and I am, you know, still myself despite these hardships and these pains. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. So Kate, I have got one last uh, question for you. And that is now that we're older and wiser, (laughs) you know, supposedly, what are some of the tools that you've used successfully used to come to terms with a relationship ending? I mean, we've had a little bit of practice now. We've been around the globe a few, a few times. Maybe if you could name like three things that you say, yep, that is definitely something I dig into or that I tried and that really worked for me, even if just for a day. Sometimes we just need relief for an hour or so. So I have some like just healing practices that I find really useful. These There's a meditation called Rain by Tara Brock, which I really love. It's about uh, being able to recognize negative emotions and pains and using this practice to get into your body and to practice self-compassion. So I really recommend that uh, meditation. And and I use that on days where I feel like this is really hard. This is causing me so much grief and uh, anxiety, these, these tough, tough feelings. Um, I think that's a really useful practice. If you have ever tried tapping, I find when I'm struggling with a story, a belief that's very negative, um, even letting someone go, like I use uh, tapping practices. That's also something you can Google. Um, and then another one, and this sounds woo-woo, but like it really helps me is these cord cutting meditations. So understanding these energetic connections with other people. Um, after my last breakup, like I did a cord cutting meditation almost every day. And I do them now pretty regularly, even after a date or um, an encounter, if I feel, ooh, I kind of, and it doesn't have to be, this person's gave me negative vibes, negative energy. It could just be, I would like to pull in my energy. I'd like to retract a bit from what I gave you and pull it back to myself so I can maintain my sense of strength and power. So I also use cord cutting meditations a lot. And so I think even if you're not into practices like this, they can be a really great tool to start understanding the mind-body connection and, and really harnessing that to to heal and to have strength in your next relationship and in your decision making around that. I agree. I know uh, some of those, of course, and I've um, fallen asleep to Tara Brock's podcast <laughs> more her. nights yeah. than I could count because she's just amazing. So thank you very much for those recommendations, Kate. Thank you for being here. Let us know where can we find you. I'll put it in the show notes, but if you want to briefly tell us what are the main places yeah, if they sure. want to work with you. Yeah. Um, well, I do have my restorative therapy practice. It's uh, restorativetherapy.com. I have my podcast called About Face. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Kate Marlena Love. And you can find yeah, my art and my burlesque work there also. Lovely. Right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kate, for being here. All you listeners, if any one of you is going through a breakup or you're thinking about one or you're still dealing, be sure to reach out to me at ricardia at thebreakupcall.com. And I look forward to hearing to all your feedback. Kate, thanks so much again for being here. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much.